Welcome into The Rock Pod, produced for the Royal Oak, Michigan Chamber of Commerce. I am John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Lisa Bibby, your neighborhood realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. And I'm Trish Carruth, third generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. So today our guest is Matthew Stransky from Stransky & Company. So Matt, how did you get started in the real estate and how did you get your company started? I love it. I, I guess really by accident. Uh, I definitely didn't grow up saying that I was going to be a realtor. Uh, I don't think I ever really had that vision. But when I went to college, uh, making a real long story short, I, I had the ability to play baseball, uh, chose not to do that. I was a kid that was burnt out. And at that time, my parents decided, no, you're going. So they sent me <laughs> to uh, junior college. Uh, I played all of five minutes. I played like fall ball and again, you know, burnt that bridge. And at about that time, uh, my parents handed me the, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Candidly, I was not a great student in high school. I mean, I was a BC student at best. And then when I made this transition from being an athlete to a student, you know, I fell in love with business. My parents are like, who is this guy? But in that book, it really spoke to me. Um, my dad and my brother are, are millwrights by trade. So when it talked about flipping and renovating and investing, uh, that really spoke to me. And then really where I found myself at that point in my life, it talked about these different avenues, right, that exist in, in entrepreneurship and maybe you're not necessarily a student. So that's kind of what, you know, kicked it off in my head. Now, four years after that, uh, I finished college. I, I wound up graduating from Central Michigan. And when I entered the workforce, man, I got my butt kicked in corporate America. <laughs> I was just not the right fit. I mean, right away, I, I was, it was pretty apparent that I was an entrepreneur. Um, so I, I decided in 07 and 08, uh, if you remember those moments, right, as the world was yikes, <laughs> I decided to start real estate. Wow, that's a great time to start. <laughs> right? Yeah, I kind of chose a better time. But in theory, and, and, you know, to anyone that wants to be a realtor right now, I would tell you it's the same opportunity. At that time, I knew if I can make it then uh, survive, eventually it'll swing back and I'll thrive. So that's kind of how I got started, you know, really indirectly, the, the book from my parents, getting my butt kicked in corporate. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take a chance on myself. The first year, you know, was, was what it was in 07 and 08. I sold one house and I did like 52 leases. So I was like the lease king, <laughs> but I loved it. I made all of $4. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely found my passion and really what I love about real estate is I didn't sell anything, right? It was service. <laughs> so there was no product, there was no interest rate. Uh, it was about me delivering to my clients. And then the way the team grew from that kind of indirectly, but directly in my, in my effort, meaning, uh, I never had like, again, visualized building this team or anything like that, but probably three or four years on down the road, uh, through a lot of hard work, some praying, a little bit of luck. Um, my business started to pick up and I was in the basement with my good friend, my best friend, Randy Hambright, and I was complaining. I mean, we were kind of having a, a, a bitch fest and he didn't like insurance and I loved what I was doing, but I, I was failing. I, I literally couldn't service my clients at the rate that was needed. And it wasn't because I wasn't working. I mean, I was working 60, 70 hours a week, but I was one person. So he's like, man, I'll help you. You know, I hate insurance. Let's do this together. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so he got licensed up. He started day one. I was like, this is this is not going to be good. 
um, I realized very quickly there were no systems in place. There was no way to really train him. Um, and at that time, and I was at a different brokerage, but that's why I made the move over to Keller Williams. So Keller Williams really helped me build this foundation. Now we're a team of seven. Um, we have seven full-time agents. We have a whole back end run by a great team, uh, ran by our operations manager, Elizabeth Talley. And then we have another layer to that where we have showing partners. Showing partners are designed for our clients to be able to see a home in that minute. Kind of our motto is we're built for speed, efficiency, and service. So we're basically a team of 13 and uh, we're just real estate nerds. <laughs> So for people who don't understand, can you kind of explain the difference between a real estate team and just a real estate agent? Yeah, for sure. I think so much of the world right now wants Amazon, right? And I find myself being victim to that. Like I need it now. The difference I think is just in service and delivering in that critical moment where as a realtor, again, I was there, right? Where maybe I was just caught up on something. And it's not that these folks are being lazy, uh, the really, really good ones are, are tied up, right? So I think that's one thing. Um, the other thing, like when we're working with our sellers, even our buyers, I mean, there's seven of us out there actively. We're viewing homes that might be a match for maybe one of our non-buyers, you know, one of our teammates. Or if we're trying to sell a home, I think truthfully it falls into selling a house as a contact sport. So the more conversations that you're having about that particular home, um, the better off and the better the chances for it to sell. So we bring that approach. It's not just, you know, one person. And then the back end, and especially as a realtor, as much as the client, it's great to have that leverage. For the agent, it allows them to do what matters for the client, to show homes, to sell homes, to be accessible. And on the back end, there's a whole nother world, right? I mean, it's taking that transaction from inception all the way to close. So the idea with the team is to keep everyone really niched and in their sweet spot just to create, again, efficiency and speed for our clients. So Matt, do you prefer working with buyers or sellers? Ooh, both. Uh, I definitely don't think I'm, uh, you know, one way or the other. The nature of our team, we do kind of get a little more specific. Most of my personal work, uh, me as an agent, is really done on the listing side. My knowledge, my experience has kind of brought me more to that side than the buy side. But we work with buyers and sellers, investors, renters. Being real estate nerds, we don't care. Whatever you need, we're here. And we always laugh. I mean, the whole goal and just very open about it is to get a five-star Google review. And then hopefully you refer us to all your friends and family. So whether you're renting, buying, or selling, you know, we're here to be a resource. On the team regarding the agents, we do have a couple agents that are just really buyer-specific. I think they're crazy. They love looking at houses. They love being the boots on the ground. Um, so as a team, we are a little niche. But me personally, I, I generally work just more on the list side. Do you specialize in any specific home styles? Ooh, what a great question. You know, so unique to the Woodward Corridor. You know, obviously, there's so many different types of homes. Um, and be that luxury you know, on down to a, a starter home or even a house, right? That maybe some of our clients are going to, you know, knock over, renovate or, or whatever the case may be. I would tell you whether you're luxury or again, you know, at the bottom of the price point, really the service is the same. So I don't think we really specialize in anything per se. We do generally find most of our business is done through Oakland, Macomb and Wayne County. 
So I think that's really where we're niched. Um, but what's awesome for us is that brings us to different price points, uh, different needs, and definitely different houses. <laughs> Since you mentioned Oakland County there, Matthew, you know, we, of course, being the Royal Oak Chamber, want to ask you specifically about the Royal Oak market. What are you seeing in Royal Oak specifically? Again, we're recording this to timestamp it. July 25th, I know the market's been up and down and all over the place. What are you seeing specifically in Royal Oak? Great question. You know, I mean, Royal Oak, I think we all know, and going back to when I started talking about it earlier, 07 and 08, I mean, that was the quickest rebound, right? I mean, the yeah. 07 and 08 value shot up. I think what is always going to make Royal Oak a safe bet, you know, a, a place maybe you do want to park your money, is what surrounds it. It's a very highly accessible area to 696 and 75. So that's going to allow people right there to go north, south, east and west and basically make their work destination, uh, you know, a little bit closer. When there's not construction. Correct. And good luck on that. Right. Yeah. But again, the corridor there really brings a lot of the downtown life. Right. I mean, you have the beauty of downtown Royal Oak and all that it offers for both families and, you know, younger generations or even older generations, right? I mean, all the great events that they're throwing there. So in Royal Oak specifically, yeah, I think you're always going to be, you know, well served parking your money there. What do we see in the market there? Pretty much following the same trends, right? I, I mean, as Oakland County in general, um, surprisingly, and I know when we meet a lot of the sellers, they're like, what? But days on the market are up, right? I, I think that's one thing where we're telling the listeners where, Things aren't necessarily selling in three hours after I put the sign up, right? We see <laughs> the market right now are up anywhere from about 14 to 16 days, which is a little different. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that prices are going backwards. It just means it's taking a little bit longer to sell a home. You know, obviously, the values are still holding very, very true in Royal Oak, uh, and I think we'll continue to. Obviously, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, you know, this week is a big week. Tomorrow, they're talking about interest rates. We all know they're going up, um, but we're really going to see the sentiment of how they treat the uh, the housing industry, you know, coming through Q4. So I think what you're going to see is a continued home shortage. I do think demand is going to decrease, right? We're already kind of seeing that right now where some buyers aren't able to purchase the home that they could, you know, a year and a half ago when rates were at three and a half percent. So as demand shrinks a little bit, I think we're in that housing shortage. I do think we might see some just more stabilization. You know, I don't think you're going to get 50 or 60% appreciation like some of us really experienced, you know, over the last, you know, few years, which was great. Um, but I think you're going to see more moderate appreciation. But again, that's a great thing. So Matt, as a fellow realtor in this industry, what is the craziest thing that you have ever seen at a showing? Oh. <laughs> wow. Make sure this is PG, right? Yes, um, please. <laughs> I do have a bleep button if we need it. <laughs> I mean, I've had, gosh, I've had some really funny encounters. I've definitely seen some naked owners. You know, that that was that was interesting. Trisha's eyes just bugged out of her head when you said that. Like, <laughs> Trisha didn't, didn't make a sound or laugh, but her eyes were like, what? What? Yeah. And the rest of you out there don't realize this is normal for us in our workday. <laughs> yes. And this was probably the second or third year. So I felt in, in my bones that I had seen everything, right? And, and felt pretty prepared for it. And we came into this house, you know, Brighton, really, really nice house, probably about 3,500 square feet. I mean, it was a really good size home and got the lockbox situated good. We get in, you know, gave a shout, anyone here? No, we're good. We're going, you know, all through this house. 
And then we got to the master, which was kind of like tucked back in its own wing. And we came around the corner and I mean, as naked as all get out. And luckily, <laughs> I mean, the client kind of cared less. <clears throat> They're like, oh, like, I'm sorry. You know, like slowly was reaching for a towel. And, <laughs> and I mean, I'm pretty hard guy to embarrass, but I mean, I know I went completely red. Me and my client walked out, laughed hysterically. But then the funniest thing is, yeah, the seller, they just walked down. They're like, oh, well, we'll take off. I mean, no apology. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. So I've seen that. And then one funny story about my buddy, Randy Hambright, I was telling you how, you know, he joined and I couldn't give him all that much training. And as you know, as a fellow realtor, most of it is done on the fly. Yeah. So it was his first showing, um, actually one of my good clients and, and now friends, uh, the Weeks family. It was his first showing. He gets there, he does the lockbox and he calls me. He's like, man, I can't get the lockbox open. So I'm kind of helping him through that. And then uh, he opens the door and he's like, Matt, there's a cat. You know, what do I do? I'm like, don't let the cat outside. <laughs> and of course, the cat bolts outside and he's he's freaking out. And then he's like, Matt, Matt, the clients are here. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so, I mean, total disaster. We still make fun of him for that. Um, he got the cat, you know, so no cats were hard, which was great. Like he had to go back in there and kind of corral this cat. And then the funniest thing is when uh, the Weeks family like called me, they're like, Matt, that was awesome. They were like, Randy was sweating bullets like it was pure entertainment. So that one's always pretty funny. That was his first showing experience. And uh, he was wrangling cats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of wrangling cats, uh, you mentioned earlier the changes in the real estate market. Like you said, the shrinking demand with not everybody able to get uh, into a new home with interest rates going up. What do you say to a client who has some trepidation about buying a home? Is now a good time to buy a home, Matt? Sure. So probably going to sound crazy, but I would say there has not been a better time. Really? And follow me here because I'm sure a lot of a lot of listeners are like, you're nuts, Matt. Lisa's nodding though, so that's good. There, right, there you go. So let's go backwards. Two or three years ago when rates were at two or three percent, absolutely. You know, the win was the rate, the win was the payment, but I think the biggest thing that was missed at that point is how much money you had to spend above asking price. Mm -hmm. Now, let's also package that, right? So you're going to put your down payment down somewhere, let's say three and a half, 10%, 20, whatever whatever that that cut is. Then you're also going to have closing costs, right? Let's just say the tune somewhere seven to 10 grand, right? And then this component, just to get this low interest rate, they had to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars over asking, right? Now this is why you want to buy a house today. The rates are higher, no doubt about it. Depending on the house, let's say a five hundred thousand dollar house, your payment is probably up three hundred and fifty dollars, right? Let's just say three hundred dollars to make rough math. So in the course of that year, you're going to spend an extra thirty six hundred, right? Which stinks. But what we're seeing that same house you're not having to go crazy above asking, right? So let's say you buy a house and we are definitely seeing this right now at list price. Sure, your payment went up 3,600, but you didn't have to spend 50 grand extra. And then when you start to break that math down, I mean, $3,600, when are you gonna recoup that to actually get your 50 grand back, right? So right now it's taking less physical cash to purchase the home. And that is the win 
because, and we hear it and it's cheesy and it's true, you can date the rate, right? But marry the house. So that's it. And then the real question a buyer wants to ask themselves, and this is the hard look in the mirror, is do you want that other scenario? Do you want rates to go back? Do you want everyone to qualify? Do you have an excessive amount of cash to purchase a home? So if you don't, I know I don't, you know, I would prefer this market right now where, like I said, I'm not having to bring as much cash to the table. And then if and when interest rates drop again, then you can refinance. But also understand historically, a good economy is going to want interest rates somewhere hovering around six and a half to probably seven and a half percent. So if you can bring out your crystal ball over the next (laughs) few years, where do you see real estate going? Man, I, if I had all the answers, right? I think as an investor, because, you know, I, I built homes and, and flipped homes, you know, for a little over a decade. I think what we're going to see over the next few years is just what's true is that real estate is a great investment. And what I mean by that is even if we're getting modest appreciation, three, seven, right? 10%, maybe 12%, right? It's still a great investment. I think that is also proven itself in a highly inflationary state, right? We also see real estate thriving, right? I mean, it's one of the few things that has really digressed, right? So I can't tell you what the market will be. I do think it'll be more stabilized. Hopefully interest rates, you know, fluctuate. I would love to see them at five and a half if anyone's listening out there for my opinion, because I think you'd get a good marriage there right? You'd have rates lower. We could get more people into the market. And I do think that would force some sellers who are sitting on a 3% rate to maybe list their home. The real shocking thing to me, and these are things that I'm just reading, but I I have two boys. I have an eight-year-old or soon to be eight-year-old and and a five-year-old. You know, the long-term look is there might not be enough homes for those people, right? My children right now. That's one thing that kind of scares me a little bit about real estate. Um, Because if you look at the wealth creation for us, homeowners have 40 times the net worth of a renter. So one, again, ensuring that, you know, you want to own a home, but that's the question. Will there be enough homes there? You know, me and my, again, nerdy colleagues like to always talk about that. My guess is yes, and only because I think technology will help speed up the building, right? I mean, I've seen all these 3D printed houses (laughs) and and all this stuff. But to answer your question, I think we're going to see more stabilization over the next few years. I still do think we're going to find ourselves in a home shortage, but I still think real estate is a great long-term investment like it's always been. Well, Matt, it's been so fun to have you on our show. We're going to switch things up a little bit. And now it is time for our fishbowl question of the day. Okay. Trish, would you mind pulling it? Let's see. Oh, I'm a foodie. So this one is a good one. What is your favorite kind of donut? Easy. I'm going donut cutter. I'm getting that specific <laughs> right word right in Catalpa uh, and uh, custard donut. Yes. Yeah, I, I could eat 300 of those. And uh, yeah, that, that is the donut of choice <laughs> for sure. So Matt, what is a great way for everybody to find you? Love it. If you guys have, you know, have any real estate questions or, uh, you know, just looking for some good, you know, Social entertainment, you, of course, can check us out at strandskincompany.com. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. And then if you want to reach out to us directly, uh, 248-563-9449. 
Um, but definitely check us out on social media. We do. We love giving back. Um, so we have giveaways usually going every month and usually it has some type of local flair to it. Uh, so we hope to see you there. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on our show and I'd love to do a deal with you someday and help both of our clients purchase a home. My name is Lisa Bibby. I am a realtor with Keller Williams Advantage. I put the real back in realtor. Unsure of how the market is shifting and thinking of selling this year? Call for a free consultation. Check out my website, soldbylisab.com, and you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at soldbylisab. I'm Trish Carruth, third-generation jeweler and owner of Your Personal Jeweler. I specialize in creating custom engagement, wedding rings, and fine jewelry. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Personal Jeweler, on our website, www.thepersonaljeweler.com, or at our storefront in downtown Royal Oak on 4th and Washington. And I am John Gay from Jagging Detroit Podcast. I specialize in producing podcasts remotely with no fancy studio time needed. If you like the way this show sounds, would like me to create a podcast for your business, your nonprofit, or your brand, you can find me online at jagindetroit.com or on social at jagindetroit. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Rock Pod, produced for the Royal Oak, Michigan Chamber of Commerce. For more information about the Chamber and Chamber events, you can visit royaloakchamber.com. Thanks, everyone. 